What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Daily Snap. Today, uh, we have a bit of something special going on. This is going to be our first podcast on the Daily Snap. Uh, and because, you know, podcasts, I don't like to do a single podcast by myself, I had to ask a friend. Actually, he asked me. I'm going to be honest. He did. So he wanted to come on and talk snaps uh, with me, but wanted to welcome uh, my good old friend. I've known him since I was a baby, for crying out loud. Uh, this is Rich. He, uh, he goes by Bravo Sama on... Snap and pretty much everywhere else, but uh, how you doing today, Rich? On Snap, I'm just Bravo. I mean, I don't know if we can, we're going to see each other, but if you see somebody named Bravo, that's me. I like to go by Bravo. Bravo Sama is my Twitch name, though, and you can find me on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, I uh, have been in card games for a very long time. <laughs> yep. Um, Rich literally handed me my first addiction, so... You know, <laughs> and it was not, it was cardboard, I assure you. <laughs> um, yeah, Rich and I go super way back uh, to the days of Magic the Gathering when we were literally taking, what, an hour plus long bus drive to play FNM, you know? I mean, let's be honest, it was Yu-Gi-Oh! at first, but we got out of that That's quickly. true, that's true. Uh, I didn't want to mention that because I don't like to remember it, but... Um, <laughs> You know, that that was a thing also. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember, like, uh, for high school, uh, like, senior, not senior, freshman and sophomore year, we would literally leave school, get on one bus, go down, get on a second bus, and then get on a third bus to travel almost an hour, maybe an hour plus, just to get to our friend's house to have his dad drive us to the F&M. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot we were driven there. Shout out to Evan. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I have a friend who actually knows him from uh, Montco. He calls him Levin. Oh, okay. He, um, Evan still does a lot of streaming, too. He does mostly, like, fighting games and stuff like that. He's been playing a lot of Overwatch lately. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, the, the, we, we run deep here uh, on in card game lineage, for sure. Um, but give us a little background, Rich. What's your, uh, you know, what's your introduction from gaming? And, you know, what, what yeah. games have you found yourself... You know, mostly enjoying in the card game world, right? Like, uh, art, like I, I'm an all-around gamer. I do a little bit of everything when it comes to games. But card games, I've have obviously a connection with for a long time. Starting with Pokemon, going to Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, Mad in Magic, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. I was actually pretty good. I have won tournaments from it before. Uh, Magic, I have uh, won F and M's. Nothing too special. I wasn't like one of the better. Um, players but like i won fnms once in a while uh the true card game that i was like feel like i made a claim myself was uh wow tcg because there's another one I, I think i got you into right yeah that's the first addiction for sure yeah and uh with wow tcg uh, me and my brother played but i just threw together the, the most uh straightforward deck i could with disdabona uh you know weenies Rush deck, and it was I won a regional with it, and that was like we played at a local place where um, where we used to just play all the time, and uh, it was fun. But I only stayed in for like the first couple seasons, and then didn't really stay much longer with that. Yeah, uh, ironically, like, ironically, you got me into the game and then left. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, you know, 
now. I stay with, like, in Magic, I'll just do Limited and Commander, pretty much my two things that I stick to with Magic. Um, I'm more casual over these years. I haven't done anything competitive since the Wild TCG, but um, I'll try to play games every now and then if, if uh, people introduce me to them or if I want to try them out. But for the most part, I've like, tried like the Final Fantasy card game, the Fire Emblem card game, the Digimon card game. Like I've tried so many games, and I've gotten into them and had fun, and I know how to play them all, but never, uh, like I said, haven't been competitive since really Wild TCG. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um for you know for myself it's honestly a pretty parallel thing there was definitely times where i was way more professional in a manner uh especially specifically with wow tcg i was you know at, i basically towards the end considered myself like a pro wow tcg player went to every event um did quite well in the last few years of the game top eighting top 16s finals winnings um so a lot a lot of at, at a at a regional level, I was probably one of the best players for sure. Uh, I, I won the weekend regionals were, you know, they were just, they could have been an FNM for me. I, I won so many of those at the time. But uh, after that, you know, once WoW was dismissed and got rid of, you know, there was um, a slew of different games I played over the years. Uh, Destiny was one of them. Game of Thrones was another was one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you played Destiny for a little bit too, yeah. Um, Game of Thrones was another one. Uh, I, I don't know. There, there, there was a bunch over the years. I tried a whole bunch. The one that stuck the most for you know many that you guys know was Transformers CCG, where in that first year there was three major tournaments. I finished second in the first one, uh, top sixteen in the second one, and then I won the World Championships. Uh, so I have a very large background in TCGs. Uh, since then, I've gone on to now continue designing cards for the. Transformers CCG, so I'm very much involved in in the design process. So I loved, uh, you know, yesterday when uh, Brody was talking design, you know, in Twitter. Like I love that he is speaking that way because it, the terminology is there for everyone to understand, and it's really awesome to hear like his side of the creation of his game. Um, it's really it's always interesting to hear those things for me because you you can look at it and it and you know you you can try and figure it out seven ways a Sunday, but when he gives you a specific line of information, you now understand how he thinks about the game, and that's a big deal. Uh, it really will help you understand why certain things are their way. You know, like it's so easy to make a one cost a two cost, and you have to understand like, oh, well, why is this a one cost? Why does it have this power? Like, why does it have this energy? You know, like it's it's things like that that really get me to tick. So, uh, especially in the last couple years after I started designing for myself and things like that. So, but. Giant, gigantic card background. Uh, very, very excited about Marvel Snap. So, uh, Mr. Rich, why does Marvel Snap? Uh, you know, wh why does it intrigue you? Why, are you? why have you been playing God knows how many games for the last week? Well, at first, thought about it when you told me about it when you were in the uh, closed beta. Yep. And I didn't. I didn't. I like kind of read into it. Saw I wasn't going to get into the beta, and I kind of just dismissed it. I was like, maybe when it comes out, I'll get into it. And it released a few days ago, uh, like a week or so ago. It was a week ago today. I, uh, yeah, I downloaded it, got into it, and I'm like, wow, this is super straightforward, but very complex. It feels, which I'm going to get into a bit, but it feels almost like a chest in a sense, which I really like about it. Because um, you got to think moves ahead, you know? Yeah. And I do really like that about the game as well. So, um, it's 
the complexity is it feels like it can, it's endless, and then there's cards that haven't been seen in three, pet pool three, that it's like this is looks like it's gonna be even like endless like possibilities, you know. And I have little variants and shit and stuff like that about in, in games. Right. Uh, the variance in the game is pretty great. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's rewardingly fair. And the times where your variance is low, you're just like, all right, I wasted three minutes. <laughs> what is? Right, right, exactly. But and honestly, this game had been eating a lot of my life, and I didn't even realize that it would like be so into a game. That, I mean, I, I kind of do. But at the same time, like, I have other games I gotta play, but I haven't played them because I've been playing this all the time. Right. Uh, now, like, were, you know, were you a big into, like, Hearthstone or Runeterra or uh, Arena or anything like that? Yep. Hearthstone, Runeterra, Arena, all of those I've gotten into. Um, uh, some levels of, uh, I've, I've gotten Legend 1 from Hearthstone years ago uh, with the zoo. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Um, that was, like, that was, like, the highest I've ever gotten in one of those games. Um, Runeterra, I tried. It was fun for a little while, but I kind of dropped it after a bit. And uh, Arena, I'll play limited. I'll do drafts or whatever, or, uh, or seals, but I don't try to be competitive in it. Yeah. Uh, brawl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I dismissed Hearthstone from day one for angry reasons at Blizzard right. and WoW TCG and, and all of it in, in, in general. Uh, I played Runeterra for probably four to six months. I thought the game was pretty fun, pretty sweet. Um, but at that given time where I was playing it, I just couldn't get into the digital barrier of it all. Uh, one of the things I think is most interesting about Snap is because of the like the timing and fluent of the game, I don't feel like I'm missing out on opponent interaction as much as I do in like a Hearthstone or a you know or a Rune Tower or even Arena where like the games are so long that like those like that bantering comments and you know that you'd have with an opponent one on one in, in real time uh, in real person um, you know it's it's not missed as much in Snap because you would literally shake your opponent's hand and the game would be over in Snap so you know like I don't feel that I'm missing that nearly as much uh, which probably does help because I I do have a pretty strong barrier with the digital the digital games uh i just this game i don't feel it uh at all uh the but there's a lot of reasons that i really like this game one of them is definitely the ip as i've said you know in the past like marvel is it's been a part of my entire life so you know it's really cool to see these characters you know be put into a game that is a pretty sweet game that i enjoy uh along with you know the endless possibilities of what they can do with it uh you know like uh, he tweeted out yesterday there's 8,000 Marvel characters like yeah that's insanity you know so there's there's plenty more cards I think in the game we have like I don't know 200-ish characters I think it's less than 300 if I remember correctly so the idea that there's you know 7,500 more characters out there it's just like all right we got some time to figure these things out so I'm definitely excited I think it's cool all right so the core reason for us uh on the podcast today can I interrupt? I wanted to say something about you were talking about how the interaction thing with people. Mm -hmm. There's a funny little thing that I've noticed with somebody. Uh, I mean, it was only one person. I feel like maybe multiple people do it, but they, I've run into this person multiple times where the match will start, and on turn one, 
they'll snap and then they'll do the they'll do snap question mark yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is the uh, the little thing that it says in the top so they're asking me do I want to snap and if I do it they would do the fist bump thing yeah, after yeah, yeah. that I do I it like, that's pretty cool I do the fist bump thing whenever me and my opponent play the same card it's, oh, like, okay. it's like it's like guaranteed I'm like or I do like the uh, you know like the Spider Man like the you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. I do either one of those when, whenever I do the same thing because I think it's hilariously comical. Uh, and then, of course, uh, yesterday, if you didn't see the the, uh, the cloak the cloak video that I made for Bar Sinister, uh, I was snapping the entire like I it was hilarious. Like, oh my god, that was so funny. Uh, love that love that location so far. <laughs> shout, shout out to Bar Sinister. I imagine there will be so many. Um, I'll turn you up a little bit. I imagine there'll be so many picks over the next day of like crazy, stupid bar sinister things that happened. Uh, so I'm definitely excited for it. Um, no, no, I think the lower volume was on my end. I just kept picking you up. No big deal. Um, all right, so we're here. We're talking. We're here to talk. Uh, ironically, again, why snap? But not in the same interaction. Of it's more of a when do you snap? How do you snap? Why do you snap? Where do you snap? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but seriously, so snapping is, you know, it's really a key point in the game, uh, which is really awesome because it's, it, it to me, it's another thing that separates it from a lot of games. Uh, and it also, for both of us, we didn't really mention this, both of us are poker players, you know? We definitely have enjoyed our time in some Texas Hold'em and among other games and things like that of high stakes uh, playing for... The, the rush and the bets and things like that. So adding the snap, which is, you know, basically a betting mechanic in the game, uh, is definitely a super interesting thing. And I I also believe it's probably one of the easiest things to get wrong. Uh, I not feel for casino games, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so how about you start, start us off? You know, we can run down, you know, a list between one another and discuss, uh, you know, the opinions of it. So why don't you tell me, like, what's your what, what's, what are your first reasons why you would snap in a game? Well, so there's actually, yeah, because there's multiple, right? Like, right. it's not just uh, snapping when you're about to win. That's There's there's so many re- other reasons to snap. There is um, the initial turn one snap. I don't. I just saw my opening hand, and I feel good about it, but I'm still going to go with it because it's unlikely my opponent's going to retreat on turn one. So I want to be able to guarantee that I'm going to get these extra cubes. There's that one. Um, you could do that. That There's there's also the, the, the turn two and turn three. Those are get a little sketchy. If your opponent sees what you're doing, it could be less likely that they'll stay. But um, So there's those. There is the um, obvious, the one that I mentioned, the uh, last turn, you you know you're going to win, throw a snap in. They're likely to retreat if they know they're going to lose, but they still might stay if they think they have a chance. So you got that one as a possibility. Sometimes when you do that, though, your opponent will snap too, so you can kind of benefit because they feel confident as well. So that's... You know, just depends on how well you're doing at that point. That you can get eight or lose eight. That's the real situation there. Right. Um, and obviously, another big one is the bluff snap, right? The one where you do it and you're hoping your opponent retreats because <laughs> yeah. you're not going to win and you don't want to yeah. lose. But you know, say you're at turn six or turn five or turn six, you did not draw that infinite yet, and you're not going to win because you're not going to get it. Right. You snap if they think you're going to play. They see you didn't th- play anything on turn five. They're like, oh crap, he has infinite. I'm out of here. And you get that free cube or two. Uh, in my experience, my opponent thinks that I just suck and don't play a five cost, and then they snap back, and then I play twenty and win eight cubes. So I don't know. That's yeah. that's in my experience. <laughs> that too. That is a possibility as well. That's the um, the confident I'm going to win. Yeah. That, and your opponent's likely to snap back and get screwed over. It, it happens. It, it definitely happens. 
And there's more. There's many more reasons to snap, but those are like the initial main ones that I could think of. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I think like the the off key ones are like the location snap. You know, uh, if you have a location that gets revealed that's a prime location for the deck you're playing, you're like, yep, I'm gonna snap because I'm gonna win this game because of that location. Uh, the the weird one where if like you put a card on a location and then the location get revealed, it's like, hey, cards can't be played here, and your opponent doesn't have one. That's generally a good time to snap. Uh, Professor X, Storm, great times to snap if you win those locations. Uh, if your opponent kind of gets screwed, which you know this can happen too. Like uh, any like the, the way it's a lot of location ones, but like. Hey, reveal the, when on turn three you each get a card and you're like, hey, I got destroyer. <laughs> it's like I guess that's a good example of the RNG, right? Right. Like RNG snap would be that one, and that yeah, you're right. RNG uh, plays a heavy role in this game and heavy role in snapping. Yeah. 100%. So it, there's definitely a lot of those. Like I know all the ones that you pointed out are pretty much planned. These are like the unplanned snaps where you're just like, man, uh, my opponent got real screwed. I'm just gonna yep, we're gonna double down. Uh, my my personal favorite, however, is um, either Cable or Yandu. You know, like if I just Yandu their 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 American Chavez or I Yandu their dinosaur, I'll probably snap. I do it often. Like my because at the very least, you know, I get it. You're only gonna win one or two cubes, whatever it is. Uh, but you're still winning, right? Like you're not losing. A lot of opponents will when they see that they're like, oh, there's my win con. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get out. Uh, so a win is a win at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, so those are some of like the funnier ones to me. Uh, but let's, so let's talk about the, the confidence snap, right? Uh, so this is the, we're in, we're like, we're in turn six. We're looking around. Nobody's snapped yet. You're doing your numbers. You're counting everything out. You're like, all right, I'm pretty sure. Like I'm, I'm like 90% confident that I'm going to win here. I'm going to snap. Um, in, in the position that you're against your opponent, right? Like, let's say I'm, you know, you're, you're, you're player one, I'm player two. If I'm player two and you're in that position and you're thinking like 30 seconds into your turn, like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then your opponent snaps. How much does that affect your decision? Yeah, so that's true. Like, I I do think that, and then I've, I've experienced it where if somebody takes a long time, mm-hmm. that's a good reason to snap. Right. Um, because it's, you can tell that they're contemplating on something, right? Right, And right. they don't know what the right play is. Right. Well, as soon as you snap, now it looks like... And as soon as you snap against me, now it looks like, well, okay, so I'm not sure what to do, and they've caught that. So they think that they can win. Right. I feel better about it sometimes, because it's like, well, then maybe I still can win, and if I make the right play and outthink them, right. then I'll get those free cubes that they just gave me. Right. Uh, and the, 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 truth is, the truth is it's a 50-50, right? Uh, because... <laughs> Either they're bluffing you because they're like, oh, they're taking too long to figure this out. I'm going to snap and see if they retreat, uh, which is always an option. Um, another thing, what I think it invokes is the retreat later, ironically. Uh, if you hit retreat later and then your opponent does snap, I think you you do automatically concede. Uh, I don't know how often you hit the retreat later button. I should I probably... I can talk about that because I've done that a few times and I know I, the details. I, I should probably do it more than I do, but I just... Generally, if I'm out, I'm just out. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, the later is useful in those situations. I've actually found something interesting though. If I don't, I think it's true. I did it. I tried it this morning, um, and it was on mobile. I didn't try it on PC. But if you snap, you can't retreat that turn. No, 
You can't. Yeah. So if the turn that you press that snap button, you can't retreat. So you can't fake a snap, hope they retreat, and then follow up with no. you know, like wait for them to retreat or something. No. You need to be confident, um, like that you're not gonna retreat. So or though you can retreat beforehand and then snap, which is an interesting thing. So you do you do the retreat later. Yeah. The, uh, retreat later. Yeah. And then you press snap. If they retreat, that that's a that's nobody loses anything. Yeah. So that's a safe bet there. Yeah. But um don't do it the other way around. Don't yeah, snap yeah, yeah. first. Try to uh, psych them out and then retreat. If yeah. They don't. No, it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, so the you know, to me, it's always interesting uh, for when my opponent snaps. But on the last turn specifically is one of those where I always find myself just second guessing. Like if if they do a snap in the middle of my turn, I'm just like, all right, hold on. Like now I got to be sure. You know, like so now I got to draw like another 10, 15 seconds out going. Let me run my numbers again. Like, what am I outs? What do I lose to? Um, and then, so specifically in this moment, too, is, like, I think the most difficult thing to do is retreat, in all honesty. I think we are we are built, we are literally built-in community of going, well, maybe I can win, right? Uh, and I think it's that makes retreating so difficult because... You really have to understand this game that if you're climbing ladder, if you're not climbing ladder, none of this shit matters, honestly. But if right. you're climbing ladder, yeah, that's what you, snapping's for. You you, you got to snap. You got to understand. All right, is it really worth six more cubes? Right? Like, let's be honest. Because if we're in the last turn, we each, you know, and he snaps, and if I want to snap back, it's like I if I'm gonna snap back, I gotta be like 99% confident that I'm gonna win that. Because if not. I'm just giving away six cubes, you know, at the end of the day. On the last turn, if um, if they snap on the last turn, that's a difference between losing one cube and gaining eight, or losing eight, right? Yeah. Like, those three things are possible at that point. If nobody right. snapped yet and you're on the last turn, you could, or losing four, right? right? Or gaining four. But when it comes down to it, you know, if your opponent snaps on the last turn, and, or say you snap and they snap in response... Right. Uh, you can't retreat at that point. But if your opponent snaps first, right. you have the option to either lose one cube or uh, stay in and possibly lose eight. And it's right. like, how much is that worth it? And it, sometimes you can tell. Sometimes you see the cards, you see the writing on the wall. You're not going to win that game. Right, like, right. Just read, just leave. And it's, Take, leave your, give, them a, give them a cube. Like you're, it's so easy to go, oh, well, I can play these three things here. If they play them wrong, I'll win the game. Right? Like, you can do that. But... If it all it takes is a duh play from them, it's it's just not worth your cubes, you know? Like, it's just not. So I, I think that's one thing that you, you got to be really weary of early. Uh, and, like, I, same thing. Like, I see a lot of people, like, so the other real common thing I think to do early uh, is, you know, early in your climbing of, we're talking, like, 30, 40, 50s area probably, like, just snapping on turn one, right? Like, just the snap. Like, oh, no, like, I want to get two cubes out of every game I'm playing. Well, you also have to think of it this way. I might lose two ga- two cubes every time I'm playing. So four cubes if you stay into the end. Right, right. So like you gotta. What is her deal? I don't know why the dog. Right. Hold on. Seriously. Let's let's just. Oh, we're off topic here real quick, guys. The dog is outside barking, right? Because she wants to come inside. And then she comes inside and she sits at the door and she barks at the door. I don't know what's going on with the dog. I just I don't know. <laughs> it's very confusing. Um. No idea. Hopefully there is. Can you please help me and just bring her in the room with you? Because she doesn't want to be... I don't know what she wants to do. Shout out to my wife. She's awesome. You're um, <laughs> um, <laughs> So, the... Uh, 
that that strategy of snapping to climb ladders on turn one, in my opinion, it's it's very um like you're you're kamikazing, right? Yeah, like, I, I you're you're very headstrong and you're gonna lose a lot. Of yeah, it, in my honest opinion, it's it's not a good it's not a good bet. Don't do it. Like snap snap when you know you can win. Like or just assume that you're at an advantage. You want to obviously snap when your opponent thinks. That you're at a disadvantage, but you know that you're at an advantage, right? Those are the best times to snap. Uh, on turn one blind, nobody's at an advantage, right? Like, especially if your hand is Depends not... On that right, 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 right. I'm saying, like, but if, like, you know, that's different though, right? Like, I'm just saying every game depend. doesn't matter what's in hand, doesn't matter what the location is, you're snapping. Don't do it. Like, it's not a, it's not a right, great... Right. You're, you're going to end up... Location. Right, like you just there's just no reason to do it. You're gonna lose too many cubes that way. It doesn't. It, it's just it's not worth it. Uh, now, as we stated earlier, you know there is the good hand, right? You know the good hand snap is is a really good example of this. It's like all right, I have my opening hand, I have my curve, I know I have my whole plan here, right? Like uh, a good example of that is the infinite deck or the infinite deck uh, with storm. You know, like so if I have. My opening hand is my two, three, four, and infinite. I'm gonna snap on turn one. Like it's like, yep, I'm gonna do my thing. Uh, I'm confident in the thing that I'm gonna do, and that's great. Your other option, you know, for that same deck, I'm specifically mentioning this deck as the deck that Rich and I have played different variants of over the last couple days. Uh, you know, when I play my storm, like if I play my storm and my opponent doesn't play anything on my storm location, I'm gonna snap. Like right then and there. Um, so. Okay. I'm doing well, it. location we still moved on to, so you gotta worry if they might have something big nope. to move on to it. But I'm doing it. I'm doing. I, I am doing it on Storm because I would rather them retreat at that point than stay. Honestly, because I'm still getting the win if I'm climbing ladder. Like, yeah, everybody wants to win eight cubes every game, but that's the real truth. Is I don't want to lose a cube every game, or I don't want to lose multiple cubes every game. So as long as you're winning cubes, all that's important. Um, yeah. You know, and then the other one, of course, uh, that you. Oh, I forgot my third point already here. Um, it was that. Oh, so and then there's the, um, the 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 disruption snap. You know, all those cards that like are RNG and things like that. Where you know, if my if I Yandu my opponent's card, uh, that's a big one for me. I do it all the time. I play Yandu in a lot of my decks. Uh, I play Cable in a lot of my decks. I snap really often off those cards. Uh, Probably maybe too often, but honestly, I do feel like at, it's just that mental that mental note. Now, granted, they don't know what you draw off cable, but they know what you hit on Yandu. So if you hit a heavy hitter on Yandu, there's at least a, a smidge of doubt in their mind that goes, shit. You know? Uh, it's one of those. A lot. Another one of my favorites, this is still in that RNG world, uh, is the swap hands one. So, like, you know what's in your hand, right? Yeah. So, like... You, right. What? Yeah, yeah, on certain six. So you know what's in your hand. So you're like, all right, well, I'll snap on that location because I know what's in my hand, uh, and I know that my opponent's not going to be able to win with this particular hand. You know, like, uh, another thing that always makes me laugh, against that card all the time, I don't know what happens, uh, people play White Queen into it all the time, which kind of makes me giggle, or they'll play, like, Korg into it, which you can't really, you know, really play around it, but it's like, it's really, it is comical if you're just, like, drawing rocks, and then you're like, okay... Here's your rocks. <laughs> you know, like, it just there's things like that that like really make me giggle sometimes about that location. But uh, the RNG of it all is is my favorite. Uh, you know, there's there's so many locations that 
when they hit, uh, I snap almost immediately. Like I said, if if you're playing the real deck and Kamatar hits, great. If you're playing uh, the ongoing deck and Citadel hits, you're like, yep, this is awesome. Um, I was Another playing what you were saying earlier that the stuff about Sokavia, right? Both players discard. Yeah. They discard their six drop or something that you know, or their 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 uh, dinosaur, not double dinosaur. You're gonna snap. Yeah, unless of course they discard Apocalypse, and then you're probably like, I should probably retreat. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, I should probably retreat. <laughs> <laughs> that would, uh, that would suck. Uh, a lot of Apocalypse players I've seen in, in like the 60 to 70 range, I played against a ton of Apocalypse decks, so I would probably retreat on that point. Uh, also, for snapping, really, like, pay attention to numbers. Um, if your opponent gets to like a 20 power Apocalypse, you gotta be sure you're gonna win that game. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I probably got to 16, and I was like, okay, I still have 20 on it for not. Like, I'm right, fine. right, 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 right. Um, and it happens. It does happen. Uh, but yeah, so... Alright, so those are some of the brief ones. I think they're, those are some of the, the more easier ones, right? Um, I have in my documents here a list of others that I wanted to, uh, to just kind of mention. I'm trying to find it on my phone real quick. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know how we, we missed this one. Um, so, like, you know, at this point, we're a week in, right? Like, you you know all of the the decks that are in pools one and two. Uh, pool three is a whole other monster, right? But for us, most of our gameplay has been playing one and two. I'm just now getting into pool three decks and things like that. But uh, you eventually get the idea of, like, your matchups, right? You know, so you'll know, like, oh, okay, my, pers my opponent's playing Zoo. So this is how I beat Zoo. I know how I beat Zoo. I have the cards in my hand to beat Zoo. I'll just snap because I like I know that I'm going to win this game. That's that's where the chess mindset comes in. Like you can see kind of ahead of what they're going to do next turn, especially the way they play. It's like okay, they're going to place their Jessica Jones here. They're going to place their uh, uh, Kazar here. Like yeah. you know what's going to happen, so you can play around that if you've played enough of the matchups. Yeah. Right. So I I, I think that's like a really uh, like, that one will become more relevant later on in the game. Uh, because, like, I, I think in Pool 1... Pool 1 is, you know, those, like, first, like, 30 collector's levels. A, you might be playing a ton of bots, if I'm being honest. B, everyone is so random that, like, they're all just playing some off-hedge Spectrum or some off-hedge uh, Odin deck, you know, so it's all just going to be whatever. So you're not really having any matchup games. I don't think you really get into it towards the end of a collection level, uh, so, like, at the end of Pool 1, you'll see everybody in your, you know, you can only play people with Pool 1 cards at that point at the end of Pool 1. So, you know, you'll know then, right? It's the same thing in Pool 2. Pool 2 is mostly Pool 1 decks upgraded. There are a few decks that get developed in Pool 2 that are, I would say, are Pool 2 decks in quotation marks. But for the most part, it's just upgraded Pool 1s, which is better cards than, like, what Pool 1 has to offer. But towards the end of Pool 2, as you're getting into, like, those last, like, 30 or, 4, 30 or 40 collection levels, the meta is pretty defined. Uh, you know, there's probably, like, three or four decks that are being played, you know, over and over again. So identifying what your opponent is doing quickly will get, like, it'll, it'll give you the edge for sure, as, as, as Rich was saying. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I know he's going to play there, he's not going to play there. Um, you know, if you... I, I keep using Zoo because it's, like, an easy... There's so many, like, different ways to interact, but, like... If you know your opponent's playing Zoo, like, oh, he has four, he has six one drops in his deck probably, and I have Killmonger. 
uh, I'm gonna snap because like I already have Killmonger in my hand. I know that on turn five or turn six, I'm gonna blow my opponent out and ruin his whole plan. Um, and because of that, I'm just gonna probably get two cheap wins on a location or something like that. Uh, so I, I think it's important for those matchups to, as you're playing, like yeah, like the first time you play a matchup, you you know you're probably not gonna play it right. You're not always gonna be correct. You're gonna make like poor decisions. But as you gain the experience playing against it, um, you know I think. The two decks that come to mind for me that require experience playing against them are the discard deck with Apocalypse and then the move deck with Heimdall. You know, once you understand what their plan is with their with their six cost characters, you can manipulate the locations to best benefit you. Um, so I think that's another one too. It's like if you identify it early enough and you go, okay, this is what he's doing, uh, you can probably you turn one Iron Fist or turn two. Uh, uh, multiple man, like you know what's going on, right? And and you know that that right location is most likely going to have the least amount of power at the end, maybe eight at the most, because Heimdall's going to push everything off. Right, right. So you you have to understand that, like, or well, then there's multiple man that could happen more, but yeah, you know. Right, right. It just depends on what's going on. Now, it is interesting depending on what you're playing. You know, you can really uh interact and mess with those things like professor x is ironically insanely good against heimdall decks uh even in a world where you don't win that location which is you know it's something that i'm not a fan of but chances are they're not utilizing that left location very much because they're planning on moving everything to it so like having that information you're like all right well i'll just put a couple things on there and then i'll professor x it and just kind of hope i get there because if you do, well, now the Heimdall literally can might might just do nothing. <laughs> so not only do you win the free location on five, but now you get to remove their six cost, you know, barrier from the game and all of the bonuses that come with moving their characters on turn six, uh, you know, things like that. So like it said for matchups, you have to understand uh, which ones you're good in and which ones you're bad in. You know, what are your out cards? If you draw your out card, like if you draw your Killmonger, if you draw your Spider Woman, things like that. Um, I think it's important to note those, like, oh, I'm going to snap because I have it, you know, uh, or I know how to play against this. Uh, and as I said, at the very least, like, your opponent might not see it right away, right? You know, they might go, oh, it's fine. Uh, I'm still ahead, so I'm going to, I'm just going to let this go. And then, of course, two turns later, you might just completely turn the game upside down, and they're like, well, I wasted an extra couple cubes. So. Yeah, um, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, you're, if, um, you don't like you have to really like not be like you said earlier like if you're headstrong and you just snap on turn one but not even that like really think before you snap like even if your play looks good like look at this screen look at this uh screen and make sure that you're 100 percent sure because you know confidence can only go so far you like i said when we're talking about the, the chess of seeing ahead and like knowing how the game will turn out you know snapping just because you have a, uh, your head on the board state on turn three doesn't mean that you're going to win that game. So don't snap that moment unless you know what your opponent's playing. And it's like, is this good enough? Is this going to get me to the end? Is my Do I have in my hand what I need by the end of the game to get this? Because, like I said earlier, if you snap on turn six, your opponent might just restrain. You get one cube, and it feels bad. Yeah. Like, you want to get the full four to eight cubes. So yeah. the best play is to snap earlier on. But it's just that you have to have that con- – you have to be sure. Yeah, identifying, you know, in the end, like, the best possible time is, it, it's it's difficult, right? You know, like, it, it's easy, you know, to make that, I'm going to snap on one, right? Like, it's easy to do that, because you're just like, oh, I, I, there's no, there's not even really a thought to it most of the times. It's just like, nope, I'm just going to do this, because 
that's what we're doing. Um, it's not as easy to go... ladder sometimes because of that. Right, right. Uh, it's the same thing with the snapping on turn six. Like, yeah, let's say my opponent snapped early in the game, and then I feel like on turn six, I'm like, okay, wait, I think I have this. I'm just going to snap now. You have to understand that the moment on turn six that you snap, you can no longer retreat. So, like, if you're going to snap a previous snap earlier and go to eight... You have, do have to understand that if you are risking, at that point, those four cubes automatically. Like, you're going to be like, all right, I'm either going to win eight or I'm going to lose eight. So, when even then, when you're making that choice, you know, bluffing is not... I find, for me, bluffing isn't really great in the game. Uh, mostly because it's, it's, it's easy to establish where you are when you're ahead. So... It's almost like you have to be ahead to bluff, which is which is like the weird thing because normally. So snapping. So the only time I would bluff to snap is usually turn five or turn six, right? Turn five because, um, like, it's it's so much of the board is already there. Turn six is really the times when you would do it most stuff. So turn six, the reason to bluff to snap is because if your opponent is in the same boat where most of us are at this point, or we're trying to be where we know our opponent's decks, we know what they're going to do. We know what they have and what they have potential to have. If I don't have that card that they think I have, yeah, and I snap on turn six, I might just get that free cube and I'll take it. You know, like right. But you, that, that's that's a high risk, high reward, right? Uh, yes and no, because um, well, because if they just if they just call your bluff, then you just lose eight cubes, right? I feel like when they snap back, you can then retreat, but I'm not 100% no, sure on No, not if you, if, if you both snap at the same turn, no one can retreat. Because I feel like I've been in this situation where I had one cube, and then it said final eight. Oh no, because it, it jumps up to two when right. the other opponent right. snaps. Right, And And I feel like I was able to retreat after when it went up to two, but I'm not 100% sure no. on that. I'll double check. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm like 99%. It must have I did it on turn five. You I had to, yeah, you've had to five. snap on five. And yeah. then they snapped on six. I think... I think I think you like if you're gonna bluff, it is gonna be like a turn five. Like it's like all right, I'll, like I snap, play my card, and then go because like at that point, if they snap back and you don't have it, you're like all right, I, I have to get out of here. Um, yeah. But it is one of those, you know, if if you if 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 you had done it, if you had made the snap, you know, they know and probably assume, and it, it is playing that game. But at the same time, it's like it goes back to that comment about about retreating. Um, people they need to see it right like they gotta see the fine for the finale they gotta see oh is my crazy sick turn six uh three plays on turn six gonna win me the game so I'll be honest with you turn six if i if okay say i we're at um where we both snapped right so it's uh currently at no no yeah turn six we get to the point where i've already snapped turn four for turn five we get to turn six and now they snap, so I, there's two on the on the line right now. Up to eight, though, if I lose. Right. So that's between two and eight. Right. So if I say I'm gonna, um, you know, look at the board and be like, I'm not gonna see this to the end because true, there's a chance I can win, but I'd rather lose two cubes and lose eight when I'm wrong. Right. You know, and that's that's I think important because I've been in this situation where I've done that exact situation where I was like. Yeah, it's not worth it to lose an extra shoot six cubes on a on a hunt. Yeah, uh, and then you know, I think the hardest thing in the end is 
this is real specific. I think as as you get into as players are you know should be approaching pool three at this point, uh, with not at least in a couple days, the the early on there are seventy six cards I think in pool three, um, or something like that. So you know it gets really really random. I find it I've I have this has happened to me on several occasions now where. My opponent has snapped on six, and I'm secure. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm going to win this game. I know it's going to happen. And then my opponent plays a card that I am not at all familiar with or prepared for. So it is something to be weary of early on uh, getting into pool three is that there are a ton of impactful six-cost cards uh, that are 100% game-altering. So because of that, like, definitely be weary early on. Like, there was a couple games where I just, like, lost eight cubes. Because I'm like, yep, no, my deck did the thing. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to win this, and I'll be fine. And then, like, my opponent just played a Magneto and moved the board around. Or, you know, played um, a Ronin or a Destroyer and then blew up a whole... Like, there's so many random things that can end up happening that you're just, like, not expecting at all. Uh, So be a little more weary once you get into your new pools because the moment you step into that new pool... You're playing people that have cards from it. And like I said, 76 cards. Uh, the biggest thing that you do in pool two is because the grind in you know in pool two is so long, you become comfortable and familiar with those plays. You know, like, oh, my opponent's gonna do this on five, my opponent's gonna do this on six. Once you get into pool three, all bets are off. And now you you're not you can't be a hundred percent certain of what your opponent has in their deck because later on in the game he might just play a card you've never seen before. So just be be a little more stingy with your cubes early on is is really what I'm trying to express to people. I know that this is unrelated to snapping a little bit, but what about freezing your collection level? Is that a thought? Yeah. To get your rank up? Yeah, I mean, you absolutely can. Um, you know, if you're really comfortable with your pool 2 deck, you can just stop upgrading stuff. Go for infinite in pool 2. Um, absolutely, right? I guess it's yeah. just a matter of really what you're trying of what you're trying to accomplish, you know? Right. Uh, for me, you still get the boosters and stuff, and you'll have be able to upgrade them all later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You just stock your credits. Stock. I don't. To my knowledge, I don't think there's a cap on credits. I know you can have at least five thousand credits or more. So, uh, you know, as long as you're not touching that barrier or worried about being capped, I don't even know that there is one. I know for a fact that you can have at least five thousand. Uh, because my my buddy had told me that he had over five thousand credits. So. Telling you the collection, I mean, the season pass goes up to like 576 for some reason. I don't know who would ever get that high in that, but it's a possibility to go that far. It stops at 576 for some reason. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I will say uh, for anyone listening that's in like late into the game in Alpha, uh, my buddy Scott, you know, he's been playing since like literally day one closed beta. Uh, he's, you know, 2800 or something like that collection level. But he's doing that same thing. He's hoarding his um, his boosters because when the next cards come out, he wants to then you know he wants to be able to upgrade everything and then just open up his caches so he gets the cards right away. So I think that's a really smart thing. If you're at that point in the game, or you get to that point in the game when more cards are getting made, it's 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 probably better for you to wait to get cards than it is to keep accruing variants. You know, I mean, I guess if you want to be, hey, I want to have 10,000 collection level, go for it. But uh, you don't have to. Oh, actually, I take that back. You can actually do the collection level and then just don't open your caches. So you can do it either way, I think. But that's a little tip for anyone that's later, late, late into the game and trying to figure out what they want to do. All right, so let's close this uh, 
on just, you know, whatever your favorite deck, your favorite two decks so far have been playing the game and through this last week, you know, uh, if you have a, a fun story to tell about one of them, go for it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, my first mention is definitely that the, you know, the, the, the zoo or whatever they call it, the, the you know, one-drop deck, like, that is definitely the best deck to run early and apparently according to you run late as well like you said you had my buddy that. my buddy pulled two to infinite with with the deck that's on screen right now like the right. exact same deck he just all the way to infinite and that and that's yeah i mean like you get that kazar and you realize this is the deck to make <laughs> early on that was what i did and i got me pretty high at first and then i was trying different things out so i lost but um i didn't really find a good footing until i got into the uh, I call it the Infa Spot, not Infinot, but Infa Spot. Like, because the two cards that I feel like I need every game are Infinot and Sunspot. Storm's obviously important as well, but I, I, I if I have Inf like Sunspot and armor to keep them alive, or you know, Storm and lack of location, like something along those lines, um, you have that deck pulled up, right, or something similar. I, ha I put, yeah, I put mine on. It's not exactly right. the same, but it is. It's the concept. Right, and. Um, so if you if I could get to that point and be happy with, um, you know, turn five not playing anything, turn six winning, that's usually where I'm at. And I've been playing that uh, to climb back up the ladder after I've lost a bit. Um, the the deck itself, it uh, I feel like so I'll just read out my list real quick so people can know what it is. It's Sunspot, Iceman, Yandu is the one drops. I make, I change it up a little bit since I sent you the list, but Sunspot, Iceman, Yandu. Uh, two drops are Scorpion Armor, three drops are Storm, and I just put in Killmonger over Cosmo and Rhino, um, Jessica Jones and Warpath as my four, Prof X as five, and Infinite as six. And so, the idea is, you know, um, get, like, if you can get Sunspot early, great, um, if not, you know, just make one base, you know, kind of throw stuff, uh, that you want to control your opponent a little bit out on other bases, or, you know, one specific base, one that you probably don't plan on winning. And then, uh, or if you have Storm and you think that those are going to be good enough to that base, like, if I do turn one Sunspot, I'm definitely going to play Storm to that same base, most likely. Um, if I have Armor, he's definitely going to protect my one-drops, if I have them, um, because I'm running Killmonger as well. So, if Killmonger, I don't want Killmonger to kill my one-drops, so I'll throw Armor out with my one, um, you know, with my one-drops. Yeah, so that, but, um, this, is, this is where we differ. Um, after I got into a certain point in the game where... I just felt like the deck could very easily end up losing to, like, the one-drop-dot-deck is where I decided I didn't want Sunspot anymore, and I just I wanted to, I just wanted to play, like, two one-drops that, like, did a thing, uh, and then just be super okay with playing Killmonger later on in the game. Uh, so that's why, like, I ended up taking... I had Sunspot in there for a very long time. I, I, let's put it this way. I had Sunspot all the way in my grind, uh, I believe, to probably like 67 or so and then like i went up to like 67 dropped to 63 went up to 68 dropped to 65 like i was like that grind 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 and eventually i was just like man i'm really sick and tired of losing these one drop decks um and i just took sunspot out threw nova in and then swapped out jubilee for killmonger and i i just flat went from 65 to 70 with almost a breeze uh it, it was just like okay now my my nova is just gonna you know end up increasing the whatever portion he's on anyway so it gives me more of a guaranteed buff there uh i also am a big fan of collector i know that you're not playing him um i think collector is another way to like my version i think is more based on what my opponent's doing and how i can uh respond and adapt to it 
Whereas yours is like just a straightforward, I'm going to try and win these two locations. Uh, I'm playing more of a little, like, okay, I need to understand when I need to not care that I have Infinite, or I need to understand, like, I need Infinite. Um, it's but funny, like, because your deck, your deck is actually a combination of two of the decks I currently have. Yeah. Which is the Infinite deck, and then the draw to Devil Dinosaur deck. Yeah. Right? Like, draw your hand up to big numbers. Yeah. I noticed you're not playing, uh, uh, what's her name? Moon, um... Moon Girl, yeah. Moon Girl anymore, but it makes sense because you have all these other draw stuff that will usually get you close enough to 7, right? Yeah, you're you're generally sitting at, you know, 15, 18 power most games, right. which is still better than mostly everything. Um, you know, and there... Yeah, listen, there's things that are going to beat it. Like, there's no... I'm not I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to say that this is, like, a 100% win rate game. Uh, but what, it, what I liked about this deck grinding to 70 with it was... It just gave me options, uh, and what it what it really does is that it has probably the most I want to put them in quotations here the most like free wins where like if you just draw the nuts and you draw your two three four and you win your storm location you know you, you probably like twenty power on infinite is not like most decks can't overpower that especially if they just built their things wrong and then my favorite part is is that even if you win that you don't even have to do it you can just drop devil on five. And then on six, drop Killmonger and whatever, and just completely erase your opponent's plans anyway. So that's what I really enjoyed about this particular list. Um, but yeah, this is a this is one of my favorite decks. I grind it. Uh, I made it as like a just just as and this this developed like over the week. Honestly, like obviously I didn't always have Collector in here. I didn't always have Killmonger in here. Um, Nova is definitely the, the most recent addition to the deck. Um, you know, there were other things that I played along the way. I have a question about your collector. How big does he end up getting by the end of the game? Uh, I mean, he, he. it depends, 100%. It depends on the games. There's games where he doesn't do anything, you know? Uh, but then there's games where he gets, like, five or six. Five or six? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the main the, reason I asked is, is like, is he's, there... He's a high-variance location card, too, you know? Uh, so any of the location right. cards that let you, you like, like those are the the one hundred percent snap games of like oh, right, like, like oh I, when I play this I I can clone stuff oh okay oh when I with Carmitage this dude's insane with Carmitage you're like oh I'll, I'll play my collector here I'll play my Sentinel I'll Carmitage I'll play my Cable I'll Carmitage like you're just drawing so many that you're like yeah I'll just I'll snap I'll be okay <laughs> so um, yeah he's just. He's just another way. Is that he? He is probably the most replaceable, I would say, in this current list. Um, but he does fit with everything you're trying to do. He fits with the Sentinel. He fits with the Cable. He fits with the the White. If you're not going to play the Killmonger version, I think I had Agent Thirteen in over here instead. And, and I, I was playing Jubilee. Don't play Jubilee. She's bad. Uh, but like, you could play Agent Carter. Like, you could definitely just keep going for more strategy there. Uh, if you want, you could just play the Moon Girl also. You know, uh, there's definitely other ways to play this. I just, for me, as I went through the grind, I played all of them, let's be honest. Uh, and I got, this is where I felt most comfortable in the end as I was trying to get to 70. But Yeah, I'm just like, the like, thing is, like, he's a fine two-drop, you know, if you're making that stuff or you have high variance. But, like, as as big as he gets, like, sometimes Angela is just going to get bigger from you just doing what you're doing anyway, you know? Sure. Uh, so I, I'll be honest. I look at him more like Bishop, where in a certain game I can put him on a location by itself, and he might deceivingly win me the game. Right. He might get up to like a seven or an eight. Yeah. Or it's just like a matter of like, okay, this guy gets up to like a five or a six, 
which is representing some level of power, which is making my opponent go, can I actually win that spot? Uh, which is what basically what Bishop does. Like, Bishop has the ability to just win a, a spot on his own because you just play, like, six cards after you play him or something like that. That's how I look at this card, is that, like, I will very blindly play him on a spot and go, okay, like, that's just my collector spot, you know? So, but yeah, like I said, 100%. Um, this is, I think, the core to this deck is the understanding of uh, Storm is 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 kind of like plan A, and then plan B is just win with, like, by countering your opponent really well. Um, Killmonger does it extraordinarily well. Uh, in the end, the this Odin's probably not even as good anymore, to be honest. Uh, this could probably be something else. It could honestly maybe even just be a Chavez if you're just looking to try and win something for cheap. But it, it could just... This could be filled with a lot of different options. It used to be better with other things in the deck. I've kept it around uh, for now because, you know, there are games where you can just... like the, All right, so that's the other thing, right? So you have Collector. You, you might have a, a, a spot where you cabled and sentineled. So then later on in the game, you can drop Odin, get a cable, get a sentinel, get two more triggers on Collector and things like that. That's probably the best that he's going to end up doing. Uh, same thing with White Queen, obviously. If you also White Queen there, you could just say, this is my Odin location. Uh, here's my Collector location over here with whatever else is going on. You know, like maybe Collector Dino, Dino is on one spot, and then your other spot is Cable, Sentinel, and White Queen. And you're like, your turn six is just like, all right, I'm going to add eight power here, and then add three power over there, and my Dino is going to go up three cards. Like, you know, it, it's... it. The, the thing I like about this is that you, you can understand board presence, and you don't have to commit to anything early. Uh, that's what I like about this deck. To be honest, I ran, uh, so I know it's not the same deck, but in my, you know, fill up the hand deck with pretty much cards that fill up the hand, uh, so I actually, that deck, um, do you, do you think that, that, that base deck should run Okoye? The, uh, the one who hits your deck and gives everything plus one, plus one, plus one? It could. Okay, because that's what I run in that one, but, uh, anyways, what I was going to get to, though, is I was running Odin for a while, but I ended up switching over to Onslaught, just because of the fact that he'll double your double dinosaur if you need him to. Yeah, uh, that's probably fine. Like I said, after you remove after you remove the Jubilee, the Odin's definitely not as good. Um, like I said, it's only good in that particular case that I think I just named, where right. you would literally basically need to draw those six cards for that to work, and that's not... If you're gonna, if your plan is I have to draw these six cards, it's probably not a great plan. <laughs> like, yeah, well, because it's funny, like uh, most of the deck is on reveals, right? Yeah. Um, you would think that like, uh, what's your name, Spectrum would be good in there, or you know, like something else. But honestly, it's just because the onslaught Devil Dinosaur synergy is so strong, he's actually fine in there. And then I also run Mister Fantastic, which is another fringe situation where he could be good. Yeah, I mean. The thing about the onslaught, so it is seven power, which is whatever. But you could also just as easily play Iron Man, uh, and or yeah, in, in, in the place, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, if you don't, which is fine. Do you real read comics at all? Uh, so I used to read pretty much everything. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I used I started I started very late. Uh, but like probably in like 2010 to 2015. I was into a lot of different comic runs. Uh, my favorites were like the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Green Arrow, the New 52 Green Arrow at the time. Uh, but I, I'll be honest, uh, this is the dead honest truth. I had kids, 
And then because I had kids, I couldn't just go to the comic store every Wednesday and spend like $50. So because of having kids, my comic edition definitely went way down, unfortunately. <laughs> I've, I've never, um, like when I was a kid, I never got into comics. My parents never got into comics, but and I, I guess I just never got into them essentially. But uh, I mean, every other instance of the media of comic characters, I play like video games, cartoons, movies, like I've gotten all that uh, media consumed. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, there was a there was like a five or six year period. Where, like when I was a kid, I did, I, ne- I was never into them. I don't know, like I don't really know why I wouldn't. I was into all the cartoons, you know, like the X Men, the Spider Man, um, Iron Man, like all of those cartoons from the early like or low, I say late nineties. I would say uh, I was super into all those. Um, and then I don't know. One day I just like decided, hey, I want to go buy comics. I I do have a friend that owns a comic store. He's kind of like a friend of a friend type thing. So I had a pretty good, uh, you know, communication process with him before I started collecting. But then, yeah, I went really hard. You know, I have like the entire original Guardians run, um, all those things. Uh, you know, I, I, there were certain things that I really attached onto to, to enjoy 100%. So. Yeah, um, so uh, those are the main decks that I really enjoyed. And- yeah, I mean, the only other uh, notable... Uh, actually, I don't even have it made. Oh, so I, I, I do. We're gonna give a shout out to cloaking around, um, because man, it was fun last night. We were sitting there uh, last night on the sh- on the stream. Ziggy and I recorded some spoilers for Transformers, and right after it, Ziggy gets on Marvel, and he's doing that. And I'm like mustering around the edits for the video, uh, getting it ready to go on the YouTube channel, and he goes, "Oh, there's this new location. It does a thing." And, like, so he said it, and my brain, you know, it, it, like, went through my brain, but I was still, like, editing, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, repeat that? And he's like, it does this. I'm like, okay, hold on. First, my first instinction was, wait, can can I break the game uh, in a negative manner because I just, I'm just curious if I can do it. So my first was, was how does it work? Because I thought the way that it reads, it kind of reads like you would play a card and then it would make a copy of that card and play that card, and then, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, if it did that, Carnage would literally infinitely loop. So I'm very glad that it doesn't do that. <laughs> but as soon as he said, oh, you play the card, you make four, make three other copies of it, and then they all reveal, and you get the on-reveal effects. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, how can we break this? <laughs> so last night I came out with a video uh, about cloaking around, which has... Like the one gameplay footage with Barnsinister, I played seven games. It took me seven games to get the damn Barnsinister location, but oh my god, it was hilarious. This deck right now, today, and I, I 100% believe it can be modified. Uh, I put it together in like 15 minutes. All I knew for sure was that I wanted Yandu, Korg, Cable, Cloak, and Killmonger. That's, I that was my for sure things that I wanted in the deck. And I'm like, okay, well, like, if I don't get Barsinister, how do I win games? And I just decided that Vulture, Hulkbuster, and Heimdall, and Devil was the uh, the best options for that. But seriously, I went, like, 5-2 and two with this deck at rank 70. Uh, and I won 16, I won back-to-back 8 cubes. <laughs> like, it might be, like, a fun deck to play for the day, but if you get Barsinister and you get to Yondu on 1, you do get to laugh a lot. <laughs> you get to laugh a lot. So I wanted to just shout out Cloaking Around before... Uh, if you haven't yet, check out the video. It's hysterical. You something really funny with it. Mm-hmm. And you, I know you don't have it in your list, and I'm wondering if there's a reason why. Hobgoblin? 
So, A, Hobgoblin's a pull... Th- oh, Hobgoblin costs five. What are the odds that, like, they don't I play know, anything? I know, but but green, But Green Goblin... Uh, green oh, Goblin, which is a pull goblin. three card, so it's a three cost that does the exact same as Hobgoblin. It's a three that is a minus three that you give to your opponent. So, yeah, so, like, there is a world where I think you could Green Goblin uh, if your opponent just, like, doesn't have anything or is planning to use it later. Uh, that would be comical. I'm sure that's actively going on in the higher elo or higher collection levels that we're not into just yet. Uh, so nice. I was just wondering because I was thinking of Absorbing Man and how he could be basically unstoppable villain if he was able to absorb the power from the ultimate nullifier. Just had to run that by someone who. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know enough about Absorbing Man, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) but. I will say, I think for the most part, in my opinion, the flavor for cards in the game is really sweet. Uh, so, like, I know, like, Moon Girl and Dino are are characters that probably are very, very unfamiliar to people. Ironically, they're making a Disney Plus series for it. I think it comes out sometimes next year. It's an animated series. Uh, you know, Moon Girl is this real cool scientist chick that is always experimenting. She created this dinosaur. Um... It's a pretty sweet little comic run that came out, like, pretty... I think it's pretty recent, like, maybe 2016, 2017, maybe 2014. I can't remember the exact, but uh, I think they did a really good job on, like, this, like, super random character. Uh, I feel like they're going to continue to do those things, you know? So I, I, I would I would, I would, definitely be excited to see what they do with those characters. Yeah, another uh, um, flavor thing that I'm a big fan of is the fact that, like, you were saying how Magneto pulls other people to that location. Yeah, it, and com- Professor X, guess and, what? And just completely blows you out, you know? The, if you have Professor X, they're locking that location down. Does. Guess what? Magneto can't do crap. It does. <laughs> um, what is the... There's another one. I thought that, like, the goblin things being, like, net negatives for your opponents, I think, are pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um... Quake is another one. If this is the middle location, swap position to be location. That, that That's perfect, right? Like, I'm literally causing an earthquake that's shattering the game. Like, that's hilarious. Like, I think they do a phenomenal job. Uh, yeah, but Wolverine, Sabretooth, and, like, well, Carnage doesn't really go with them, but Wolverine and Sabretooth both are, like, pro-destroy. Like, they're okay with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they do a really good... Same thing with Rhino. Like, it just destroys things. The Hulkbuster, absorbing a character. Like, I think they do a phenomenal job of flavor in the game. So... Uh, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they they knock a lot of these characters out of the park. Um, is that going to be it for us for the podcast today, Rich? I think uh, I think we covered a yeah, bunch. I think so I think uh, uh, you know it's it's we got a lot. Of, the main detail that we want to get in, we got down. I feel like I've talked about snapping uh, and said everything I wanted to say about it, except for the fact that um, the one thing I was going to mention early was that if you are climbing early on, the snap will turn one. Like, you're not going to, with versus bots, versus random players, you're going to get those free cubes pretty quickly. And as, as long as you're playing right, you're going to get those cubes. Yeah, I mean, in, before level 30, you're, yeah. you're almost guaranteed to play bots like 95% of the time or something like that. So it, it's... It makes that back pretty often. Uh, Yeah, which is comical because I feel like later they just, they almost never do, uh, which is odd. But um, I don't know. For me, it's... It's the most weary points are when you're getting into new pulls. I think those are the most yeah. weary points. So yeah. that's where I would be most protective of my cubes and just understand that, you know, all right, I played a hundred games in pool one. Well, if I don't know pool two, if I'm not sure what to expect from pool two, 
I might just randomly lose eight cubes to a card I didn't even know existed. Uh, same thing in pool three. You know, five at the beginning of pool two. Yeah, you know, there's like there's like seventy six cards in pool three, so it's the same thing. Like, all right, I get into pool three, I'm like five twenty five, five fifty, like whatever. You know, like my opponent has six random cards from pool three. Well, if he has like four of the best ones, you know, you're probably gonna get hurt. <laughs> so that's where it, just be stingy, uh, be stingy with your cubes once you're in, in new pool pools. Yeah. But. You know, and at the very last thing, don't be afraid to retreat. I'm telling you guys, don't be afraid to retreat. If you are not positive, it's not worth losing the cubes if you're trying to climb. If all you're trying to do is get booster packs, do whatever you want to do, man. That's fine. Uh, but if you're trying to climb, no. Losing one or two cubes is fine. It's not going to break you. It's when you're losing four to eight is when it's really like you're just going to drop so fast. So, yeah. so just retreating is fine. The most cubes you're going to lose is two unless you're letting both of you snap and go to the next turn, yeah. which at that point, uh, you're probably committed, but I'd say not try not to get to that point if you, if you, if you can avoid it. And, I, and I, I ironically, I feel like it's snowball-y either way. I feel like I snowball in directions of like where I'll win multiple eights, and then I'll also feel like I snowball in the direction where I'll lose multiple eights, and those are the ones where I'm like, man, I should have retreated. <laughs> it's like, should have got out, should have got out, but... That's going to be it for today, so guys. Thanks for hanging out um, in the podcast. If you're new to the channel, please follow the channel. Uh, if you're new to the YouTube channel, like, comment, subscribe, all those things. Uh, I'll definitely take comments for you know particular videos. I've been trying to do a wide variety of videos on the YouTube channel to see what people are enjoying. Um, and I want to continue to do that. But if there's like a specific character that you would like to build around, you want me to try and test it out, I, I'll be happy to do those things. Um, I don't know about you, Witch, but I'm definitely excited. I know you didn't like the Carmitage uh, feature location today. I think Barn Sinister will be a little, at least a little more fun. So mm-hmm. we get some Barn Sinister action today. So I didn't. It felt like it. It felt like it just ruined the meta at the time. And you were right. You know, Cosmo is a fine card to play, but you're not always going to get Cosmo, and it's like no Cosmo Rhino. Um, true, true. You know, uh, Storm yeah. Professor X, like. There were definitely options. Uh, even Hobgoblin was a, was an option, realistically, because you can and just... At the time, I was playing the one-drop deck, and I just felt like I was getting just stomped and destroyed yep. every turn, and I was just like, I don't want to play this format anymore. And then I tried <laughs> an on-revealed deck, and sometimes it just wouldn't hit, and it was I like, did... it would show up, and I was just like, all right. I actually did the opposite. I, 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 I hadn't played Odin pretty much at all once the once the game went global launch, so I played Odin that day, and I, I, I had fun, so I, I don't mm. know. <laughs> Oh, oh, we didn't talk about the... Well, you were talking about your cloaking around and you were playing with the, the bar sinister. Yeah. Freaking... Well, I put a place Odin on it. And yep. it literally, like, had them just, like, jerking each other off the whole time. And it was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are definitely... There are definitely certain cards that will hit that will trigger multiple times and, like, just waste two minutes of, of your day. It really did. <laughs> so, but that'll be it for the day, guys. We'll, uh, we'll catch you in the next one. See ya. You snap or not to snap? Oh, why snap? The answer is why snap.